0: decades no more Tom Brady in the AFC East so kind of a historic year for for this division somewhat but uh, I'm not sure if anything's changed at the top but we'll get to that with the Patriots and uh, let's just kick it off with the Miami Dolphins and um, you know Lee let me throw it to you because I mean this was a team that we talked about a ton in in the pre-draft process just because of the the many picks that they held in the draft but uh, you and I have talked about a, a couple of times just about how disappointed we were and in the haul that Miami got. And I guess at the end of the day, if, if Tua becomes a franchise quarterback and a top 10 quarterback in this league, you know, we may forget about the other picks that were made in this draft and, and just this team will be rolling forward with, with a franchise quarterback, which they haven't seemingly had uh, in forever. But uh Overall, I feel like this team is still a couple years away and needs Tua to become good to maybe even you know make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think this team is really in the playoff conversation right now. Even if Tua were to start, um, barring Tua having some type of Patrick Mahomes like uh, rookie season in his you know Mahomes' second year and in Tua's first year, I-, I think this is not a playoff conversation team. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle the Tua situation, how many games he's going to start this year. Um, But I'm not overly impressed by their offense. I think they probably have a – you know, they they signed a lot of Patriots uh, in the offseason, but their starting left guard is Eric Flowers. uh, Julian Davenport is is their left tackle. Jesse Davis, their right tackle. I mean, I don't think they necessarily have very many proven offensive linemen. Um, And then their skill positions, they got – two big bodies in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams on the outside, but I don't think they have great slot options on their offense. I like Mike Gusecki as a good young tight end, and I think they're in the process of maybe doing something on their defense. They spent a lot of money on their defense this offseason, but overall, I think if Fitzpatrick is starting, or even a rookie Tua, maybe rookie Tua moves the needle a little bit and drops the um, roller coaster aspect of the Fitzmagic train that you get with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, but I don't think that the ceiling is too high for this Dolphins year team in year one.
2: Yeah, um, I guess I'm a, I am ai have a little bit more of an optimistic view of the Dolphins. Um, I, I mean, I'm with you guys. Outside of drafting Tua, the only draft pick that I liked was grabbing Curtis Weaver in the fifth round. Yeah. And uh, maybe a, a little shout out to, to Robert Hunt in the second round to play guard. But overall, that's not really what we were expecting with, the multitude of day you know top 60 picks top 100 picks that they had in the draft um but you know i think there's a lot to be excited about on defense with this team um i think bringing in a guy like byron jones who i think is one of the better cover corners in the nfl he doesn't get a lot of ball production but when it comes by snap by snap and the athletic profile that he has and what he's able to do from a technique standpoint he's he's an elite cornerback and he got paid like one um and you know, bringing in Kyle Van Noy, I think he's a perfect fit for the Flores system. Flores obviously is familiar with him, and a Landon Roberts, who I believe they also brought in, uh, to play linebacker. Um, this defense, I think, has a chance to keep them in some games. Uh, you know, we all were big Christian Wilkins fans last year. I think he had a nice little rookie year. He's coming into year two. Just an absolute leader on this uh, on this unit. And this team this team overperformed last year, outside of you know the first four weeks when they got. Roughed around. Once Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to go in and kind of provide a spark for this team, um, they were able to be competitive. And then on offense, I completely take your point, Lee, with the, you know, they have some big bodies on the outside. And then Albert Wilson, I guess, is their slot receiver who is a nice player and brings some nice athleticism, but not really an overly impressive wide receiver unit. But, Lee, you know better than anyone as a Preston Williams owner in, in our Dynasty League. And then Clep, you know better as any, than anyone as a Devontae Parker truther. Um, these guys have a lot of talent on the outside, and Preston Williams was having a really impressive rookie season, was right in the mix with DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown as kind of the young receivers from last year's class that were really making an impact in year one before he – did he break his ankle, was it? He, he had an ACL. He had that ankle injury. ACL, really? Wow. Well, either way, uh, Devontae Parker finally blew up, got a big ticket, um, was rewarded with an extension in Miami. Uh, all in all, I, I agree with you guys that this team is probably a couple years away. I don't expect Tua to start until at least week eight. Uh, and even when he does start, the fact that you're relying on Austin Jackson uh, to be your left tackle from day one, who is a kid who I think has a lot of potential, but I don't know if he's, def- he's definitely not NFL ready in my opinion. Um, so I do think that this team is a couple years away, but I think their defense is going to be able to keep them in games. I like the combination of Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. They're kind of taking an analytical approach to their running back. Position. I'm very interested to see how that turns out by going for some veterans, I guess, on a little bit cheaper of contracts, um, trading a fifth round pick for Brita. So, overall, I like the direction that this team is headed in, but ultimately, I think that this is probably a bottom uh, bottom 3 4 team in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is,
0: too, you look at this win. I mean, Tommy, I can definitely, you know, maybe see where you're coming from with, with some optimism for, for this Dolphins team, but then, I mean, you look at the six and a half win total like at the same like if if i know the under is it's minus 133 you're not getting a ton of value there but i mean if this team goes 7 and 9 i'll just take my licks right like I, that's kind of how i feel yep. about this team like I'll, if if you know i'll i'll just take that under and feel comfortable about it and just say that i think they'll probably go 6 and 10 even if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays 16 games i, I think that there's you know there's a significant difference between them um and the, and the bills and the patriots at, at the very least um, and so um, just to me there's not a ton to ex- be excited about I wish they just handled their draft a little bit differently than than getting a guy like Noah Egg and, and Austin Jackson uh, you know in with their other two picks in the first round I just those are two guys I mean Austin Jackson I can see you know the potential there um, at least but with Noah Egg that was a guy who I wouldn't even take in it until day three I think you know they'll have him slotted at that nickel position with like you said, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on the outside, and I think the nickel is kind of where I projected him with my when I watched him on tape. But, I mean, Lee, that was, that was a guy that we really were just not a big fan of overall. Yeah. And limited yeah. production, and, I'm not, and not even good, good length, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not overly Go impressed ahead. with really any of the signings that the Dolphins had either. I think some of them were solid, but I don't think that – like I completely agree with Tommy when he said that they had uh, kind of an uncharacteristically uh, overachieving year last year. And I think that unless they do that again this year, they're going to be winning the same amount of games just because they're a little bit more talented. But you still have the big question mark at the quarterback position, and you still have a big question mark on the offensive line and a defense that is still forming. A lot of guys are going to be playing each other, with each other for the first year. Um, so you know, I think they can rally, and their defense will keep them in games, like Tommy said. But I still think this is a team that's a few years away from really competing at a high level.
0: Well, let's jump over to the the Jets here, and Tommy, if you'll, you'll excuse me, I'll throw it over to your brother again because Lee is the one that wrote the letter to Joe Douglas on the on the back judge uh, dear website. Dear Joe, um, dear Joe, you know you you've been a big Darnold guy, so has Tommy. But just with, with this Jets team, especially with you being a Mims mims guy now which i never expected you to uh to hop on the mims train with me but now now you're invested um you know where are you at with this team heading into 2020 are you gonna kind of put it out there and just say look i'm I'm gonna ride the jets this year and if they break my heart they break my heart and that's it or are you gonna kind of join join the rest of us here I'm, i'm just gonna speak for tommy and just say that we don't think too highly of this squad.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh I don't think too highly of the squad per se, but you know, I gotta stick by what I believe, and that's that Sam Darnold is has the potential to form into a great quarterback, and I still think he's in the process of doing that. Um I think last year was hampered by the fact that he got mono, obviously, and I'm coming, you know, I'm one season away from facing the reality that I could have been completely wrong, but I'm still giving it a little bit more time and I'm still waiting for him to break out a bit. And You know, if anyone has any positive things to say about the Dolphins, I'm going to come back and say positive things about the Jets just because I think their offense from top to bottom is probably a little bit better. Um, And the only real thing that I have to say about the Jets that I hate is their head coach. I think Adam Gase is unfit to wear the shirt as the head coach of the New York Jets. (laughs) And uh, I think that although they probably have the 25th best defense in the NFL, I think their offense could rise to the occasion and they could be a competitive football team. Especially considering the fact that they do play Miami twice, if they could be a team that takes advantage of that and can beat Miami twice and beat Buffalo once, and then you know at least play the Patriots competitive, so you can go at least three and three in the division, and then you know win some some close games out of conference, um, you know I can see them in the, in the race, but I think they're going to coach themselves out of it, and I think Darnold's process has already been hampered by Gase, and I think it'll continue to be hampered by Gase. So I really don't have a comment as to whether I believe the Jets are going to be good because I feel like I can't make a comment on it anymore because I was made to be a fool last year had they had an easy schedule they really did they had an easy schedule it's true to it was true before the season and it stayed true after the season their schedule was easy I know Darnold had mono but that's not a good enough excuse um they still should have been a better team and the reason I'm a Denzel Mims believer is because I think he's going to get the ball thrown to him a ridiculous amount of times and I'm not in love with him. He kind of reminds me of DK a little bit. I'm not in love with him. There's nothing that he did that really, like, uh, you know, I I guess I just never really followed him too much, so I didn't have a personal connection to him. But he had eye-popping numbers, and, you know, he's got an incredible catch radius, and he's a a superior athlete. So I think that he can, you know, form into a number one receiver for the Jets, which is something that, you know, it's a Darnold pick, man. If Darnold's going to be a really good quarterback, he needs a number one receiver. And I don't think it's going to be Brashad Perriman or Jameson Crowder. So Denzel Mims needs to be that guy. I think there's going to be a lot on his shoulders in year one as a second-round pick, which is going to be interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, Lee, um, I feel like we kind of are in similar boats with the Jets. We both were on the train last year. And, I mean, at least for me, they kind of did the polar opposite with the Dolphins in the draft. I think they had one of the better drafts. Even though I wasn't as high on Mikai Becton as both of you guys were, I think he's going to play a pivotal role in turning this offense around. And this is an offense that it seemed like Gase, um, and there's stories about this too, kind of he never was on the Le'Veon Bell train, and he kind of pettily really handled Le'Veon Bell and, you know, didn't really want to use him to his full ability. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact their offensive line was just god-awful last year, and I've talked about it before on the pre-draft podcast and on post-draft podcast and in my, my draft uh, recap for the Jets. Uh, the way that Joe Douglas went about attacking the offensive line this off season, I see where he went. He, you know, instead of spending big money on two tackles or a tackle and a guard, he spent that money on five uh, offensive linemen who are kind of average. And because they need help all across their offensive line, they had a really good draft. Um, this defense was a good defense last year. It was a pretty solid defense with behind Greg Williams. And I thought they added two of my favorite guys in the draft, or three of them actually, in Jabari Zuniga, Bryce Hall, and Ashton Davis. Um, all of whom I think were steals, where they got them Hall and uh, Hall in the fifth round, and Davis and Zuniga in the third rounds. So I'm really encouraged by the the draft that, that this team had, and I think they're headed in the right direction. But ultimately, I'm in the same boat with Lee when it comes down to Adam Gase and just how much of a negative he is to this team overall, and especially this offense. And I and since I brought up the defense, it's worth mentioning that Jamal Adams wants out of town, and he's, you know, yeah. more pulls the majority of the weight on that defense, I think, in terms of leadership and also the overall impact that he brings to the football field. I think he's the best safety There's in the no game idea. just because of what he's able to do and how he's able to attack um, you know, multiple assets of the game. And we need to see a big big second year out of Quentin Williams who kinda of had a little bit of a medza medza first year. And, mm-hmm. you know, if this team can generate some sort of pass rush, whether that's from his rookie's uniga or Quentin Williams from the inside or any of their guys, I think they can be a, a really good unit overall. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, I think Sam Darnold, I still think that he has the potential to be an elite quarterback. I still think he's a really good quarterback. And you, we, you know, we just did the AFC South pod and you could, this kind of, this analogy goes through that. If you were to put Darnold on a better situation with a better team, like we saw with Tannehill last year, going to Tennessee, I think he would show quite easily why he has all the talent in the world and why he is the, you know, we all see the potential with him, but that's not the case. He's stuck uh, in New Jersey for this year, and overall, I just don't see this team having that high of a ceiling because of Gase, because of their offensive weapons, which I think are pretty underwhelming. I don't expect a lot out of Denzel Mems on year one. I think he's going to be thrust into a role where he's expected to produce on uh, year one, but they still have probably one of the better slot receivers in the league in Jamison Crowder, and Brashad Perriman is another guy who's going to have to Really capitalize on his opportunity after finally breaking out after being a first-round pick, you know, last year uh, in Tampa, finally breaking out. Um, so overall, I'm kind of low on this team. I think they are better than they were last year, just because their offensive line is better, and I think um, they added some really nice rookies on defense. But this this Jets team, I think, has a reasonably low ceiling with Adam Gase. And one last point too. This is, this is Adam Gase's last shot this year, I think, in the NFL as a head coach. Um, he, he, I remember when Adam Gase was the hot new name in the NFL after he was with Peyton Manning in Denver, and he got his shot in Chicago and Miami and now the Jets. I think this is his last shot, so his back is against the wall, and I really hope that he proves all of this wrong because I really want to see Sam Darnold do well. I want to see the Jets do well. Kind of adopted a little bit of a fan into, fandom towards them since he was drafted. So, um, Adam Gase, the ball is in your court.
0: Yeah, Tommy. I mean, I think that's a pretty, you know, thorough explanation of what's going on at, at with the Jets, and a lot of it rests on on Darnold's shoulders at the end of the day, and, and whether or not this team can kind of just put it all together for one year to to keep the gaze train rolling. But you know, wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the year we're looking at uh, you know new head coach and then potential new drafted quarterback uh, in the Jets for 2021. But let's let's go on to the Bills, and the Bills, you know, to me, they're an interesting team because. You know, I was kind of a fan of Josh Allen coming into – you know, I was a fan of Josh Allen coming into the draft, um, and, and he went to the Bills. And I, I've enjoyed, you know, the Bills' journey somewhat as a, as a team, but I – and I've talked to Lee about this on many occasions. I can't get that Allen performance against the Texans out of my head uh, in, in the playoffs where I just – I that was one of the more um, just – interesting i don't know. just like a, 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 i've never seen like a quarterback like lack more poise or presence in the moment than Josh Allen did and it was just a wild card game right and and to me that that was just a big red flag where it was like all right like the stage is clearly too big for him right now and i'm not sure if he's good enough to really consistently get back to this point where that this just becomes a new normal for him Right, and he just he looked he he had never really looked more like like a big athletic freak from Wyoming than he had in that in that game. And I think this Bills team is a lot different than let's just say the Bears from twenty nineteen or the Jags from twenty eighteen, where the defense really carried them into the playoffs and you know, they're they're this darling of the NFL somewhat. Like I think that the, the structure of this Bills team is a lot stronger. Than, than those teams from from past uh, from years gone by, I guess, where, where a strong defense has kind of carried them uh, to the playoffs and, and carried a lackluster young quarterback into the playoffs. Because I think Josh Allen has a little bit more to give you than a guy like Blake Bortles or Mitch Trubisky. But the overall ceiling on this team, I think, is limited by what Josh Allen is at the quarterback position and that's just somebody who is flat-out inconsistent, right? And if you give this man the ball down four in the fourth quarter and you say, go win us the game, I don't really think there's any... There's no tangible thing that you can hang your hat on that says, okay, he's going to do this, right? It would just, it would just happen or, or it really doesn't. It's not like you're giving the ball to, to Matt Stafford and it's like, I feel good about the situation. Generally, you'd be like... Josh Allen probably isn't going to get it done for me. Yep. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if that was a good good explanation of how I feel about this Bills team. I think they're really good all around. I love Sean McDermott as a head coach. I like that he has Brian Dabble and Leslie Frazier with him. Uh, I like the players on this defense especially as well. I love Devin Singletary. I love Zach Moss. Uh, I love John Brown. I, I think Stephon Diggs signing was really good. Their offensive line is fantastic. Love Cody Ford. You know, there's a lot to love about this team, but I think the overall ceiling is is capped by number 17.
1: Yeah, Clep, I I don't have too much to add to that. I think that that was fairly well said, and um, I think this is going to be a really consistent football team where you know who you're going to get. I think they're going to beat almost every team that they're better than on paper. But when the lights are shining and you know you're in Foxborough or the Seahawks are in town or you're going to play the 49ers or The Chiefs are in town, you know, or a quarterback happens to be playing hot. And because like any quarterback can against a good defense, if he starts getting hot and scoring points, your offense is going to have to match at some point. You're going to have to be able to put points on the board. I don't think the Bills are going to be able to do that. And ultimately, I think that that leaves them at a point where they're never going to really win 11 or 12 or 13 games. I think they're going to always be in that 7 to 10 win window, depending on the schedule they have in any given year. So that's kind of where the confidence of a team like that goes. And I think this team is a more admirable quarterback away from being arguably a Super Bowl contender, honestly. So um, I, I think that they may need to reevaluate after this year if it doesn't go the way that they plan it to, because they obviously think the world of Josh Allen up in Buffalo. But, uh, but I'm not really on that train. And I'll definitely give them the edge against the Jets or the Dolphins in this division because I think from top to bottom, they were, they are absolutely a better team. Um, but do I think they have the capability of dropping a game in Miami or opening up against the Jets? Absolutely. I think that, that it nearly happened in Week 1 last year, and I think it could happen again in Week 1 this year where a game is really close like that because I don't think that the Bills offense really is going to move the needle enough for their defense to fully squeeze all for them to fully squeeze all the value out of, out of that defense that they can if that makes any sense
2: yeah i'm not going to add that much more because clap. i thought what you said was yeah. beautiful it completely articulated i think oh, what we and you i both were thinking here,
0: tommy wow
2: and, well because because <laughs> they have been off compared to the jaguars and to the bears and if you want to go check out the AFC West preview, I believe the Chargers or the Broncos are going to be one of those teams this year. I'm sorry for calling them the Steelers just to, 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 to string that together. but Let's not open that Murray-Brother
0: debate wormhole again.
2: Yep, exactly. I want, let's, let's go back into it, Rogan style. Um, this team, I mean, they got a really good head coach, a really good GM. Their roster is really solid. Their defense, I think, potentially could be better this year. Um, I don't know. They didn't really lose – Anyone, they just kind of are lacking on the edge, but they bring in a guy like AJ Epineza, who will not win with speed, but I do think is going to be able to, you know, set the anchor on the in the run game and potentially get you know eight to ten sacks as a as a rookie. I think wow. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be thrust into uh, playing time. I think you got Trent Murphy, you got Mario Addison. This team is built well. One thing I will bring up though is you're relying on Josh Norman to be your number two corner. We all love Tre'Davious White. He's one of the more elite corners in the NFL. But Josh Norman has been awful since he left Carolina. Obviously, the Carolina infrastructure is there in in Buffalo with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, I believe. who both came from there. So uh, the, the infrastructure is there. This team is is really solid. And I think, you know, Zach Moss is better than Devin Singletary. I expect him to take over the, the, the starting running back. Good thing I got both of them. Year. Yes, sir. I
1: don't know if that's necessarily yes, a good um, thing, Clem. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah. I'm gonna have to start sure. both of them to get that production yeah, first, real. right? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Whatever. But,
2: but yeah, just to wrap it up, this team had a really good offseason. Getting Stefan Diggs, I think, is awesome. Let's go for the first player prop of the episode. Stephon Diggs over 975 and a half receiving yards. This guy's a lock for a thousand yards, I think, receiving. He's Ooh. one of the better route runners in the NFL. And it it's somehow, I think, being slept on just because of what Phelan was able to do. and kind we of. We just went on a tangent about how guy. Josh
1: Allen is terrible. How can you be relying yeah, that's a, on... Yeah, that's, my, that's more How can you be relying on Stephon Diggs to be getting 1,000 yards? What if Josh Allen just lays a complete egg this year? As a, as a, as a well, passer. Well, I think
2: last year he was ter- – I mean, you guys know me. I, I had Josh Allen ranked number five. Let me let me play, let me play Lamar a problem
1: side-by-side side right now and say what you should have said is Sam Darnold over 20-and-a-half throwing touchdowns. I think there's no way that he doesn't get over 20 throwing touchdowns this year. I, I, I think that that's the best bet you can make. Forget the Diggs bet. Bet, hey, bet Darnold I'm with that, over 20 but let's, and a half. No, no, that's a better bet. That's a better bet.
2: John – Last year, last year, John Brown had 72 receptions for 1,060 yards and six touchdowns, okay? I think if Stephon Diggs is healthy, he's taking that role, and he's a much better player than John Brown is. No slight to John, John Brown. What's that? John Brown going to do if Diggs takes that role?
1: What's John Brown going to
2: do if Diggs takes that role? Well, John Brown's still going to be an effective player, but he's the number two receiver. I mean, I think Stephon Diggs is truly an elite receiver. I think he's, an, uh, he's in the upper echelon of receivers, his route yep. running, his deep speed, what he's able to do on the football field. I just have all the faith in Stephon Diggs. And his his touchdown prop is six and a half. I'm not touching that, but he is going to get a thousand yards receiving this year. I will be adding it to my, uh, my account. He's startled. And Put it in the prophecy, little, though. I'll throw it in the prophecy. Now, we don't have to do 975 and a half. Do a thousand. Over a thousand and a half receiving yards. Wow. Put it in the prophecy, Stephon wow, Tom, Diggs. He's adding that 24 and, and
1: a half j- yards to the. To the total, <laughs> to throw the me total. throw me in for Darnold over 20 and a half passing touchdowns. All right, yeah, I'll I'll throw hop me on me that too. That.
2: Now and and one last thing. Now that I'm a PFF premium subscriber, some numbers I want to throw at you guys on Josh Allen downfield passing. Josh Allen, arguably to your guys' point, arguably has the best arm, has the most arm strength in the NFL. Is completely right up there with Mahomes. I would love to see them both in the pro ball hucking bombs down the uh, to see who has the strongest arm. But Josh Allen. This is on throws of twenty plus yards from the line of scrimmage. Six of nineteen to the outside left. Four of nineteen between the numbers. And eight of thirty-six on the outside right.
0: And wasn't this he guy, over eight, 40 plus?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's another. That's another stat that uh, Klepp and I were throwing around. Josh Allen is a great fantasy quarterback. If you get him in fantasy this year, he's gonna make. He's gonna get you a lot of points. He's gonna win you some games. But he's like you got. Like Klepp alluded to. Like Lee alluded to. He. Uh, Has some Trubiskyisms to him, and I don't think it's a lock that Josh Allen. I mean, are we gonna are we all gonna hop on? Let's give Josh Allen forty million dollars a year train, or even thirty-five million dollars a year. Um, So much of what he's able to do is based on his rushing ability, and I think this is a huge year for him. I mean, Josh Allen sucks. How about that? I'll say
1: it. He sucks. Lee, he's I'm in the with, same category I'm, I'm as Trubisky, he's just a little bit grittier. He's bigger and grittier and yes. a little bit more athletic, <laughs> and he's got a bigger nutsack. That's uh, the only reason. Let's, let's, that... let's move
0: on to the Patriots, fellas. Let's move on to the Patriots here. Let's get off the Bills. Um, Bills are an interesting team, but but ultimately, at the end of the day, and I guess I'll, I'll tease my, my division rankings, I still think that the Patriots, after signing Cam Newton, are, are the top dog in this division. And you know the Patriots are entering a, entering a new era without Tom Brady I think that's you know it's pretty incredible to think about uh, that, that he's no longer a member of the New England Patriots but but here we are and hey maybe I'm a sucker for for videos of cam Newton working out to Ali Boumaye, but uh I'm, I'm, I'm I like kind of what's going on there there in in New England and I think cam Newton if healthy might even be better than than what Tom Brady gave the Patriots in 2019 it was it was definitely a down year for him, uh, just in terms of production and ability. Obviously, a lot of that did have to do with, with the lack of skill position players that were around him, and that is still an issue that, that exists uh, with this team. But I just think Cam Newton can give you a lot more in terms of um, a, a physical presence, a running presence at the quarterback position uh, than Tom Brady did. And, and I still think, you know despite the players on this defense who I don't even really know who they are, Bill Belichick seems to always make it work with these guys, and I have no you know, reason to believe that they won't be a top-ten unit in the NFL. And the, the AFC East as a whole just continues to be a division that the other teams are not that strong. So I find myself just defaulting to, to what I know best, and that's that Bill Belichick, probably the best coach in the NFL, and along with the quarterback in Cam Newton, who has been proven to get it done at a high level in the NFL – uh, I have a hard time not not going with this team to, to win the division and even you know hit that over at nine wins.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm absolutely with you, Klepp. I think that uh, you know I was on this team when Jared Sidham was supposedly going to be their quarterback, so why would I not be on this team when Cam Newton um, is just going to make that quarterback position probably that much better. Uh, I have a hard time believing Bill Belichick doesn't have a plan behind everything he's doing, and I'm all over this over at 9. I, I don't know when the last time the Patriots won under uh, 10 games Even was. Even with Matt
0: Castle, they went 11-5. and five.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. Right? I, I, I think right. that this is a fairly easy over, considering the fact that there's a caveat to every other team in this division. You, there's a but after you can say, oh, they could win the division, but um, there's a very large but next to every team. And a larger asterisk for me than most people with the Buffalo Bills due to my lack of belief in Josh Allen. So I would outright say that I'll give a a lot of those 50-50 wins I'll give to the Patriots in division, uh, ultimately believing they're going to win probably 10, 11, maybe 12 games this year um, because of their superiority as a schematic powerhouse. And with Cam Newton at the quarterback position, I, I don't think that's untrue what you said, that he could be better than Brady possibly for this team. So... I'm all over the Pats. I'm all over the over. I'm all over to make the playoffs to win the division. You name it. Um, the Patriots are going to yet again win this division, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, not a lot to add there. Klepp and I kind of touched on the Cam Newton signing a couple podcasts back when uh, he when it was announced that he was signing. Um, I think that he presents the same floor that Brady did last year, um, just with the lack of experience that Brady has in the system. Cam makes up for with the uh, mobility. And a lot of it with Cam has to come down to if he's healthy. Um, I think you know the the last time he played the full or whenever all or nothing was with him, um, he got health, He got hurt during that year against the Steelers. And then last year just didn't look right. Um, but the word is that he's supposedly fully healthy now. I'm not as much worried about the foot as I am the shoulder. Um, if his shoulder is still messed up, when he played those two games last year, he was not right. There's something messed up with his, his throwing motion. Was different. I don't think he had the same type of velocity coming off the ball. Um, and and that, That's that a QB room, is, baby. That's a QB room. Yeah, QB room. He didn't have he didn't have the same type of velocity coming off the ball. Here, I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> unpopular opinion. I'm 29 years old. You know we run a football podcast. Unpopular opinion. My arms are crossed right now. Um, not a lot to add to this, boys. I mean, I'm with. I'm. I think the Patriots should be the favorite in this division. We just talked about Buffalo, um, Buffalo, New York, Miami. They kind of are in a bottom tier with, uh, you know, in the same way that we talked about the AFC South, where all three of those teams I feel like are going to be competing for the fourth through second spot, with obviously Buffalo having the best chance to finish just because they have the best team, the best infrastructure, I think. But overall, the Patriots, even what we the last year, Brady had no dynamic weapons outside of Julian Edelman. McKeel Harry didn't really do anything. Big season for him. Uh, I don't really see this defense. Regressing, I mean, maybe they'll regress out of the top five, but this still is going to be a top five unit just because of the coaching they're getting, and they might even have a little bit more overperforming kind of Brian Flores Dolphins defense to them, just because they don't have Brady anymore, and it's a kind of a new regime in, in New England. So I'm with you guys. Uh, Julian Edelman's going to catch about 100 balls this year. I'm going to ship him off to Gondo for uh, his first-round pick in a couple of years <laughs> this year, and and everything's going to be everything's going to be cheeky in uh, New England. I think another AFC East title is on the horizon.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think we we all somewhat are in are in lockstep here. So let's get into uh, the, these division rankings, man. And I'm gonna put, I mean, I'm gonna put the Patriots at the number one position. Uh, I think they'll they'll win the division again. Uh, I'll put the Buffalo Bills in number two, and, and I think the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs. I think overall over a 16 game season, uh, the roster is, is overall too talented just to to miss the the playoffs, and especially when you add that seventh team to the mix. Uh, and then I'll put the Jets third and the Dolphins fourth. Could that flip for sure? But um, I'd be pretty surprised if the Jets or the Dolphins made the playoffs. So I'll put it at that.
1: Yeah, Clep, on that, tough to disagree with. I think the Jets will be more competitive, but I'm not going to put them over the Bills here just because I'm going to let cooler heads prevail. And I'm going to go Pats um, first in this division by two or more wins. Uh, Bills second, Jets third, and Dolphins fourth. I think the Jets could be a nice yeah. little wild card bet, though, you know, at plus 370 to make the playoffs if you really want to try to hit that home run.
2: Lee, I, I agree with you, and I agree with both of you guys. Um, there's no reason why the Jets shouldn't present the same type of hope other than Adam Gase that they did for us last year, really. But that being said, um, all you know, Patriots, Bills, same as you guys, but I'm going to put the Dolphins third because this is a challenge to the Jets and Adam Gase that I'm putting you guys at fourth and you better prove me wrong. Cause if you guys finish fourth, it's the end of Adam Gase's career and it probably is the end of Sam Darnold's career in, in New York. So I think that this is a, you know, a huge year for the Jets and the Dolphins last year showed to have more grit and more determination than the Jets. And I think they have better infrastructure than the Jets right now, even though I like what Joe Douglas did in his first year, but Adam Gase, I think by far is the worst coach in this division, and but because I believe that, I'm going to put the Jets at fourth.
0: Yeah, I mean the AFC East, man. It's it's always uh, an interesting division, um, and and generally it's just been the Patriots at the top dog, and with them signing Cam Newton, I don't really see how how any of that's going to change. But uh, you know, any uh, anything anything else to say,
1: fellas? No, that's pretty pretty much wraps it up there. What, what, Lee, what kind of what kind of monkeys are you having tonight? These
0: are uh, a little different.
1: Cloud walkers. It's my first time trying them. Interesting. It's a hazy, okay, they're juicy not monkeys. Idea. They're just they're victories. They're victories. Okay, um, but yeah, they're solid. You know, I try to go victory even when the, the store at doesn't supply a sour monkey. I still look victory. You know, I'm still eyeballing yeah. victory, and I'm not a huge golden monkey guy. So I like to see there are other alternatives. But you know, you'd be shocked at how many of these places don't have sour monkey, man. It's it's kind of a hot commodity these days. Everyone's everyone's buying them out. The guy, I asked the guy about it at the liquor store. He said they're coming in on Saturday, a new shipment of sour monkey. Okay, so I'll probably be right. taking another trip down there on Saturday, you some sour monkeys for uh, beautiful everyone oh, ransacks
2: them. I'm a Stella man. I'm a Stella man. You like yourself a good a Stella sour guy. monkey, man. Don't lie. You're oh a yeah, sour, sour I love monkey Sour guy. Monkeys. But uh, I like to I like to stay coherent. Unlike my baby bro, <laughs> Sour <laughs> Monkeys pun, punching a 9.5 punch right there. I'm not 9 going to have you on,
0: right on my own podcast disrespecting the fact that, that my brother Lee Murray likes to get a little familiar.
2: I get familiar, baby. Clep, at least, hey, at least you're not at the point where you didn't wake up from your uh, your nap to a, a yinling and a shot a fireball like I thought you were going to. And then you're gonna while well, the bullets are flying on the podcast, you're gonna try and uh, yeah. There you go. Out to, to the <laughs> listeners at home, Clep has a nice shot of a clear substance and a large beer that he just showed everyone. It was a very clear substance.
0: Hey and then one dollar shooters at the Canandaigua, New York liquor store. Can't get enough. Of it. Alright
2: boys, hello to the podcast, please stay safe.